everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thanks for joining us. Well, she, Lyle, the music of the Iconics bringing us in and it's turning out to be iconic sort of music now, isn't it? Yes. Well, I didn't do a poll this week. I forgot, but I just thought... It was just a bit happening. This is probably the biggest, most important moment in the history of Australian wrestling. Oh, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, on the biggest stage, the biggest weekend in the uh, in the sport, having two Aussie-trained girls winning the championship. It's... Yeah, winning winning a main roster championship. They're the second people to hold it. And I, I, was, I really... There's not many things that'll make you jump off the couch like a Liverpool goal will make me jump off the couch. And... Um, I was definitely, I popped and I was on my feet when they won it because I just didn't think that would happen. Yeah, I, I didn't think they'd put the, the titles on them, but it was a, a generally good feel moment as well, which obviously Manny had a lot good of. Feel. A good feel. A feel good moment. Oh, sound like Tony then. <laughs> Your voice <laughs> yeah. is not as good as Tony's. Sorry about that. The, uh, <laughs> the other thing, too, also just on that, and we'll talk about this more shortly uh, in our second half, but uh, the fact that they retained. The title the next night too. Oh, we, they wrestled Brooklyn's greatest yeah. team. I think they were called the the Brooklyn Bell. <laughs> They're just two randos. <laughs> no, it was very funny. Up, very funny. Yeah. yeah, those girls are talented. They're funny. They're entertaining. Um, there's some of the some people will like hate on them. Hate on them. Good. They're heels. You're meant to hate on them. Yeah, and they are they are annoying. In a They're good way. baby face in Australia. Yeah, so they like the hearts. It, it was a good moment. Like I enjoyed. People on Instagram showing the videos at different pubs or in Australia, uh, like Sporting Globes and stuff that had, had it. And it was an emotional moment for the fans. Not to mention a lot of uh, ladies who wrestle in Australia, a lot of women's wrestlers, our best ones. Tony's left his phone on. Oh, typical um, Tony. A lot of Australia's best female wrestlers were in the crowd and they know Peyton and Billy personally and it must have meant a real lot to them. Yeah. Where's Tony gone? Gone to get his Uber Eats? During the show, I don't know. He's run out. He's grabbed his phone. He's run out of the studio. Do we just keep just keep it going? We'll just I don't know. Going? I don't think it's going to be good listening. <laughs> but while we're here, if you uh, want to support us, the best thing you can do is subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Um, it helps a lot. Uh, especially if they're five stars. When they're two stars and one star, I blame Tony. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I'll cop the blame too. Uh, Last week's show, guys, Tyson Baxter, fantastic. And uh, he was so honest about the injury, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely. And he's got um, actually Jet Roker, his mate, has uh, started a GoFundMe because Tyson is going to be two years out with the weight he's been He's been um, suggested he'll have to wait before he gets surgery on the public list. And he's been quoted $9,000 to go through the private system. They started a GoFundMe today. It's already got 1000 They're just trying to get half of the money there. So um, it's on our Facebook page. So have a look. If you've got, even if it's like $2, whatever you've got, you know, just kick it in. He's a good kid. He's at the start of his career. And uh, if he does, you know, make it to one of the big companies around the world, you know, you've got a piece of him. Yeah, and if you see it in a local show, buy a T-shirt, support the kid while he's out. All right, boys, time to introduce our guest for this evening. And uh, So oh, you've got a guest tonight. Yeah, I, I did bring a guest in, exactly, Tony an old mate of mine, a guy I've known for a, a lot. Sorry? You're the milkman, you always deliver? Yes, I always deliver. Yeah. No, that's the postman, you fool. You said milkman the other week. No, the postman always delivers, not the milkman. The milkman sleeps with your wife. Maybe that's what you'll do. So maybe, yeah, you're not, definitely not the milkman then. <laughs> definitely not the milkman. <laughs> no, exactly. Poor wives. You've taken me right off track. Cremator, g'day to you. I think g'day. <laughs> I don't know. I have that introduction. Lovely to be here, Timothy. And fellas, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> we told you that no one knows your name. Yeah. Oh, you go way back These in the These are your industry. mates, are they? Uh, that wasn't a stitch up at all. No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Hey, mate, thanks for coming in. Uh, we love getting the old guys in every now and then to have a chat about then and now, and uh, you've been through pretty much both periods, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, 21 years in the business yeah. now. Um, back in the day when all the – still had remaining people from the old world-class uh, world championship days uh, through little crappy little community centres to what it is now, and I'll tell you what, it's – no better time to be in the business than now, you know, yeah. you know, especially the local business. George is still going. 
George will never stop. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at George's funeral, he'll get up and do one more match. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, the guy loves it. Yeah, you take my hat off to him. He's still looking very good, too, for a guy who's had surgery and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, <laughs> he'll never stop. He will never I actually stop. I actually think he wrestled on Saturday night. He did. Again, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right, he is an amazing, just an absolute stalwart of the business. I would love to go through and write a book about blokes that he has trained. Uh, you, you could do yeah. volumes and volumes. There'd be so many. And even Guys people have just gone, gone there to, to train. As well. well, he's still got photos of Jimmy Snooker in his house yeah. when he trained there. And yeah, just I, actually, he a story about his career because he came in the world class, world championship scene. So I keep saying world class because I've been listening to that Laps Fan yeah. podcast. So I keep saying world class. Sorry about that. But um, he came in just as world championship was starting to fade out. So he lived through the really dark days. Mm. And is still going on strong now. It'd be an interesting story. Thank that you would what. be too. Yeah, something we could do there. Yeah, well, it's just what he's given back as well. Everyone is like, I, I know guys who've come in from interstate who are like, oh, can I just go down Georgia's for one session? Just to say you've done it. Yeah. You know, and I went through when I trained. Geez, I, I'm just going to jump out here. Screw the questions. I'm just going to go for it. Um, <laughs> so I started training with George in February 2000. No, February 1999. Sorry. Uh, probably about six months before that, I went to my first proper show at the old Reggio Calabria Club yeah. in Brunswick. And I met him and I was introduced by headmaster's um, uh, sister in law. Yeah. And she, I used to work with her at the time. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stories there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I walked up to George and George is like, you know, Give me a phone number and I'll give you a call when I got a spot. And I'm like, no worries. And you're six foot twenty. I'm sure George was pretty keen. Well, he waited six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that time, because I was doing the whole like, you know what, I'm gonna still live in the grunge phase and trying to be gothy and all that sort of stuff. So I'd said to a bunch of mates, if you all get the money together, I'll get my dick pierced. And then I get a call from George about a week before his mid happened saying, Yeah, Yo, you'll come down to my place and you do the train. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. I told my mates, and they're like, well, we're going to take the money and go out in the piss. So good, good on them. Uh, first session went for two hours. I couldn't move afterwards. I told George about the piercing, and he goes, ah, oh, you get that done, I rip it out. And I'm like, good thing I'm not getting it done then. <laughs> um, so yeah, six months of solid Saturday mornings from six a.m. to lunch uh, lunchtime um, with because Candyman was coming in. He'd finished night shift driving a truck. And then he'd come down and train with me, and I must have gone through 20 different training partners. The guys who would come in like, oh, I can do a drop kick, I can do this. Okay, run around, do bumps. Blah, and they throw up everywhere. And it's like, oh, I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah, that's it, done. Mm. Um, the only guy that stayed around was a guy named Dez who went on to become Sniper, and he only stayed yeah. in the business for another year or so afterwards. But, um, yeah, August 17, 1999, my dad's birthday, in front of uh, 35 people in a wintry, cold night in Colac. And I was in the main event, and me and George against Candyman and Mario Milano. And I almost killed myself. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, first match. <laughs> yeah. The, um, like, Mario used to live – I used to live in Tullamarine, and Mario used to live around the corner, so I used to see him all the time. Uh, I During the match, he's gone to throw me into the – ring and I, you know, from the outside and I didn't know what was going on. So I threw my head into the edge of the ring, forgot to put my hand up and found the metal bar. So I'm thinking, oh man, this is match one. It's going to be great. Almost took Candyman's eye out when I legit like spank of the skull with the old finger poke of doom. Um, but yeah, it was an experience and a half, you know. it's it, uh, Like I said, 35 people in wintry Colac on a Thursday night and you're thinking, wow, this is not raw. That's for darn sure. <laughs> and it was generally three or four nights consecutive in a row on a country tour. Yeah. So from Colac, you probably would have gone to Warnable, and then you would have gone maybe to Mount Gambier, and you would have come back via Hamilton, and then you would have been back in Melbourne. It was normally... And, back and each, back in Melbourne Monday for work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then each of those days, there was no more than 35, 40, 50 people if you are lucky, but it was just what you did. Yeah, a lot of the shows were um, paid RSL shows, things like that, by Lions Clubs and things like that. And yeah, 35 people and you'd just be going out there, you'd do it, you'd all get cleaned up, sign some autographs, go get some cans and move on. Set up the ring, put it in the back of the truck. The truck would break down halfway. To oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> Lordy. 
And it, they were tough days. But you know what? They were great days to the extent that, and I've said this to the boys before, the road trips and stuff that we used to have with the guys were Amazing. a lot of fun. I miss the road trips. I, I really, really do. Uh, a friend of mine and Tony's, uh, Johnny Parks, yeah. lives in uh, Minnesota at the moment. He's wrestling up there, doing a, gl- a Gladiator Spartan gimmick. He looks fantastic. Um, he's, if, every time we're on the road with him, he'll point out, that's a work, that's a work, everything. And there's me, Tony, um, Vic, the old ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, Ferrari. I think Don was in the car and um, Johnny. And we're listening to the Melbourne-Richmond game. This is, a, this is an amazing story. An amazing story. <laughs> yeah. Good. Let him tell it. Yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever want to see Tony like almost deliberately crash a Tarago? This is the way to do it. Richmond's up by 10 goals. And they're two minutes into the last quarter. And Johnny goes, it's a work. <laughs> Everything's a work. And Tony's in the front going, oh, wait, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you Bullshit. You fucking swear. Yeah. Bullshit, it's not a fucking work. Da, da, da. And I'm sitting next to Tony like, I love me 42, mate, and I'm, I'm backing you the whole way. This ain't this ain't a work. And Johnny's like, guaranteed, Richmond uh, lose by about a goal and a half. <laughs> well, and knowing Richmond. No shit, it happened. And there's Johnny in the back going, told you, it's all a work. But then from there, he predicted that Melbourne Hawthorne would get to the grand final and Hawthorne would beat them by about 15 goals. Yeah. And I think Melbourne Hawthorne won by about 110 points or something yeah. again. But he predicted the entire final series on that drive back. I think, though, if the AFL's a work, you're probably not going to make the grand final a squash. <laughs> True. <Yeah. laughs> I look over at Tony and I see his red face. <laughs> And I can see the steering wheel slowly bending in half, and I'm just like, we need to pull over because Tony's going to murder us all. <laughs> but yeah, but the, the road, the road trips, trips are the best. The road trips are so good. Who who was the craziest one on the road trips, and was it Crackerjack? Because there's some stories. Oh, um, I've got a story about Crackerjack. I'm not sure I should tell it. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> um, he's crazy, yeah. But no, craziest on the road. Um, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, crackers. Um, <laughs> Mad Dog's another one back in the day. Uh, Spike Steele back in the day was another one. Slex when he was younger. I put my hand up too. I did some dumbass stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just there was times, like I said, on the road with Cracker Jack and he got violently drunk after a show in Sydney. I'd been awake for almost 36 hours and he decided to uh, throw up in the back of my car. Uh, we put a bucket in his lap, cleaned it all up, kept driving an hour later, he threw up again. I'm thinking, oh, grouse, at least he's in the bucket. Somehow he missed it, so we had to clean it out again. Uh, I could start, I could see octopus crawling on the window. I was starting to hallucinate. I was about 40 hours awake by this stage. <laughs> uh, so I'd worked all day, done a show for PCW on Saturday, on Friday night, jumped in the car, took all the boys to Sydney, didn't sleep, did the match, um, yeah, drove back and got, got to Aubrey and I said, guys, someone needs to drive. And they're all like, no. I'm like, fuck, crying out loud. <laughs> But yeah, road, the road is the road is the best. Mildura trips with PCW back in the day. Adelaide trips are always fun. Adelaide, I love going to Adelaide. I wrestled in Adelaide uh, two years ago, and I deliberately drove myself over just because I love driving that stretch of road. It's just great. We used to do trips to Griffith in New South Wales. Mm. Big and, drug area, Griffith. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know whether we were going there for the wrestling or whether we were going there for deliveries. Yeah. I, I, no idea. <laughs> There'll be pickups in yeah. Griffith. <laughs> Probably pickups. Drive there and fly back. <laughs> <laughs> we did a show in Hallbrook in, in uh, Albury, just past yes, Albury. Yeah. Best, um, best pies at that bakery. <laughs> for the life of me, I'll never know how a submarine just showed up there. But um, <laughs> yeah, we were told, oh, the place is sold out. Da, 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 da. I go to the pub, my parents are there, and I'm having a meal before the show. And there's a poster and everyone's drawn, oh, this is Terry and this is John O, and they're all pointing at who they are. And the guy goes, oh, is that you on the poster? And I went, yeah. And he goes, oh, it's going to be a big one tonight. And I'm thinking, sweet, here we go. Yeah. Including my parents, I had seven people. Yeah. And my parents went for a walk and I'm like, well, there's half the crowd gone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, another night when yeah we were told, oh, you're getting a great big crowd. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, you're not getting paid. And why not? We thought you t- sold tickets. And it's like, nah, stop being a smart ass. Blah, blah, blah. So we just jump back in the car and drive back home. Do, would wrestling be what it is now if it wasn't for those days? Uh, could, could no. Wrestling, could, because it, was, it had every opportunity to totally just drop off the face of the earth here in Australia, the way it was handled, the way it was done yep. through those periods of the early 2000s and the like. But 
through people like yourself and all the other guys who stuck at it. And as you said, a lot of the times you did it for absolutely nothing and mm. just the love of it. I'm a massive believer that if it wasn't for that 10 to 12-year period, the last 10 years, or the last even the last five years, I suppose, and the, the, the revival of wrestling in Australia may not have existed. It, it's really... Look- I totally agree. Those days where we look back and laugh, they were really they were shit days. And we look back and laugh because we, we went through and we survived them. But there's people who also went through it and said, no, 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 this this, this can be better. And you would have known what it was like back when, when I was uh, starting out and you would have been, how, how long have you been in the business now? Yeah, probably, probably a little bit longer. Yeah. Not too long, much longer, but about another three, so maybe about 25 years. Yeah, but years. you would have people show up to a show thinking, this is easy money. Yeah. And we'd just show up, do the match, and the guy would be gone with his cash. And we'd get screwed over again and again. And there was people who saw this and then, no, this can be better. And we actually do have the talent. We just got to stop screwing them over. And you look at um, Lobo, for example, starting PWA. PCW, when they first started, that was their whole thing of like, let's just, we got to make it better. We can't just be doing these little community halls where the guys walk through the toilet door. We all get changed in a bloody hallway and we're, you know, getting paid in sausage rolls. You know, the, things have got to be better. And I I credit PCW with really getting people to sort of go, hang on, we should start treating this as a business. And then Lobo t- started uh, PWA and that took to another level. And it's just grown ever since into what you see today. I mean, look at look at PCW now. Uh, they, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to their venue, but it's freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, MCW is just roaring ahead. Uh, you know, there's stuff happening. People aren't treating it as... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to scam the boys and leave. People are treating it as a legit business. It's not just a nickname anymore. It actually is a business. And um, the guys who are now doing running companies and training all the new wrestlers, like um, they wouldn't have had a business to cut their teeth in if it wasn't for you guys keeping it alive. I know that you had uh, something to do with Dowie when he first started out driving him to George's gym, he said. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to drive him there. I, I remember... <laughs> Because I met him train at PCW and he wanted to go to Georgia. So I I, got, I was living in Sunbury. I drove out to Nary Warren to pick him up, take him to Sunshine. He didn't have a license when he was 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I don't know if he's got one now, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, like, and I'm, gee, I, I remember he was just this little kid and he just wanted to learn. And he goes, I've got this. Idea, I'm going to be like a pyromaniac. I'm going to call myself like I think it was pyromaniac kid or something. I'm like, yeah, sweet and orange. So he walked out of the ring carrying this uh, jerry can that's bigger than him. <laughs> and you see him sort of, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to show people on the podcast, you know, that's typical. Yeah, yeah, it's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, but his head's just over the top of the jerry can. His arms couldn't even make it all the way around. And he's sort of like, am I going in the right direction, sort of thing. <laughs> and he comes back and I'm, and I'm like, you're a cute kid. No one's going to believe you're going to set everything on fire, especially when you can barely carry an empty one, let alone a full jerry can. And then after that, he just, I'm not saying I set him on his path. He did it all himself. But he learned that just because one thing works and the other thing doesn't, well, that's not the end of the world. You know, take that one thing that works and grow it. And he did. And look where he is now. Yeah. And he's been good at playing a different character in different, companies and things like that yeah. which is a credit exactly right he's he's one of those people that just looks at the show and goes what's needed and does it you mentioned uh the the blokes that are, are treating it as a business now it, it do we still have i mean geez, we, we saw a few shonky people oh we still years, do we? yeah are those sort of people still around uh, yeah. Um, look, I haven't any personal dealings with them, um, but I'm I'm sure there's people around who's like, oh, I'm, I want to run this show, uh, run this show, run that show. Uh, the good thing with Melbourne at the moment is everyone's running quality. Uh, MCW, PCW, Underworld, uh, Warzone, uh, Adrenaline. I haven't been to one of those shows. I've got to go to one of those shows. But everyone's looking at each other going, okay, we're setting a standard here. We're setting a standard. NAW, I've got to say them. We're setting a standard and no one wants to be that company that drops it. So everyone's going, okay, well, they're doing this. We're going to do that, but we're going to do this as well. And every, everyone's just lifting up. It's a, like I said, it's a great time, especially in Melbourne. At the moment. It's a great time to be in the city, uh, in, in Melbourne with the wrestling scene. Um, Perth, for example, has been like that for a long time with EPW. Uh, Adelaide's going great. Everyone's just going great. And a lot of it 
is the fact that, yeah, it's like, you know, we're not just going to go to some Shearer's Hall and do a show and it smells like rotten meat in there and uh, things like that. We're, we're actually getting proper venues. We're getting proper sound equipment. And so people will come to a show thinking, oh, yeah, I've seen Raw, I've seen SmackDown, you know, I've seen New Japan, da, da. and they come to a, a show and they're like, you know what, this ain't, this ain't half bad. This, mm. this looks the part. And then the music and the video hits and it's like, well, it sounds the part. And then the wrestlers get out there and it is the part. And it's like, it, I'm just shitty I'm not 20 years younger, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, were working at MCW early days when they were at the Dragonfly? I, I was working ACW back in the days. Um, so after uh, I finished up at PWA, I blew my knee out. And to be honest, I was an absolute prick. I was a shit person. I was the guy who would tear posters down. I was the guy who, you know, just walk up to someone and be like, no, don't, worry, don't, don't go to them, mate. Come to us sort of thing. Um, and I look, I needed a good swift kick in the ass and I did it to myself. Uh, so I pulled my knee um, and I remember I had a match against Damien Slater, which was just young at the time, and it was like my knee was on ice and I just feel it sloshing around. And I thought, yeah, no, nah, this isn't right. Got to, so I finished up. And it's when I got out of it that I realized the attitude that I had, no one was calling up saying how I was doing. No one was like, hey, you want to go hang out? And it was just, I was just sitting at home and I was angry. And to me, it was everyone else's fault because, you know, I'm a dickhead. So as time progressed, I started to realize I got out of a bad relationship into a great one. Started to realize that, you know what, it's time to pull a finger out. So I started building bridges again. Started speaking to Jay Andrews, getting back in touch with him, and that led on to meeting uh, Mikey J. And that was probably about eight years ago, I think. Now that I got back in with MCW, and uh, even though they were still doing places like Tullamarine Hall and the Dragonfly and stuff like that, you could just see it was going, and it was really good to get in. And being on the last Dragonfly show was great. I'm almost breaking my ankle that night too. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a great place. There's a place a lot of wrestlers are like, oh man, I wish we could still work there. A lot of us had our yeah. dragonfly. Especially afterwards when they bring out troughs of Chinese food. And it's like, yeah. Well, she had his one and only commentary role at Dragonfly. Yes, I wasn't asked back. Asked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I was there and um, I wasn't there when ACW became MCW, but um, I was there at the last ACW show and uh, a friend of... Tony's not a friend of mine, Fat Dom, who used to run it. That's who was running the show that I commentated on. Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, he had beef with me because he tried to get a, a wrestler by the name of King Hucker to try and break my leg in a show. Oh, awesome. And Hucker's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. What do you want to do? And I said, let's put on the worst match ever. He's like, yep. So we basically Rest just holds. we just threw camping chairs at each other, <laughs> like miles away. It's like, I'm coming right at you. And it hit like the side of the wall, like 10 meters from him, um, in front of 25 people, of course, mm. in uh, Meadow Heights. But, uh, so Shooter would have been one of them? Of course, yeah. Every show. <laughs> I ran into her in Japan in January. It was like, of course you're here. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so he had a, a thing about me. Uh, Lee Starr had me on his comp. Dom came up and said, get the F out. Da, da, da. I said, all right. So I left and I waited for some friends and he just came out and said, if you're here when I come back, I'm going to shoot you. Because i got a gun in the car and I'm going to shoot you. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing this game. That yeah. comes out of here. And then next thing you know, he's gone. And he was really the last uh, old-time promoter who was in it for himself and no one else. So with him gone, it was like now the door is open. There's no like, oh, I'm going to call this venue up and I'm going to stitch you up and I'm not going to put this show on and stuff like that. It was just all like, right, let's work and let's build this. And it's been going ever since. Story about Fat Dom. He used to race, uh, wrestle as a guy called the Italian Tank. Wasn't he also uh, Super Mario? Oh, well, no, well, that was me. Now, that, so I turned him into Super Mario because he looked like him. And I actually got in uh, Nintendo were going to sue me. That's and right. Sent me a letter. And uh, <laughs> a cease and Cease and desist. Cease and desist. So Fat Don told me that he'd come so up with a character Cody before Rose, Nintendo. No, he didn't know it was me. Oh, no, but he said he'd come up with the idea of Super Mario and they saw a photo of him and copied him into the game. And I'm like, are you sure, mate? Uh, everything's yeah. all You're really sure? <laughs> so you were Cody Rose before Cody Rhodes was Cody yes, Rhodes. Correct. Okay. Now at the we're at the MCW show the night before Super Showdown, and Ooh, great night where it was probably the hottest crowd I've ever seen at a show, and, and I'm including WWE anything. 
NXT, every, everything I've been to. And I know that when Robbie Eagles and Gino Gambino finished their match and the whole crowd were chanting MCW and we had fans from all over Australia, I turned to my left and you were on the stairs to the yep. balcony. Uh, standing next to Matt uh, Ryan Hayter. With a tear in your eye. Matt Hayter, Jesus, I got it wrong, sorry. What what did a night like that mean to a wrestler who was there for all the shit? Uh, a whole bunch of emotions, to be honest. Um, it was just... Uh, it, there was there was obviously jealousy because I'm like fuck I want to be part of that you know and I want to be in the ring um, but I was proud of my friends you know who you know Gino Robbie Mikey uh, Jay Fresh you know all these guys are in there who you know Hawko Joel Bateman uh, Andy Coyne um, Lindsay Howard you know all these guys who are I go drinking with and we hang out and it's like everyone was just so on the ball and everything just fell the way it should and everyone in the ring did everything they had to do. The refs did everything they had to do. Uh, the week before the show, I'm calling up everyone from interstate saying, come down and, come, you know, who wanted to get on MCW, come down, come to the show, meet people. This is the prime opportunity. And I remember standing there and watching the show. I got a hotel room in the city for the night so I could have a couple of drinks and enjoy it. Uh, stand there watching the show and my first thought was, this is brilliant. This is the best. Uh, my second thought was, oh, shit, this can't be at the top. Uh, if this is the top, it's great, but it can't be downhill from here. And every show since hasn't. You know, it's been great. Is it the Naito show and and thing, uh, everything's just been going great. But yeah, I was just like, you know, all these different emotions. Like you're just looking around and you see people who would not. You know, they're not the wrestling crowd, but they're walking around in Dowie James t-shirts. You know, you see people who would go by. Mocha Choco, Mino Gino Latte, whatever the freaking hell they are, and they're wearing Gino Gambino t-shirts, and they're like, "Man, I saw the poster on Chapel Street and stuff like that." And, and you just think, you know, these are my mates, and they're doing great work, and they're using that to propel, which is they're using it the right way. Mm. And like I said, when I was in Japan in January, I know I didn't see Sean or Mikey a lot because. I don't was, know, I, I? was I in Japan? Was you, I? It's the Lyle, first time this Lyle, has ever come. Lyle brings this up every week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how good are the trains? The oh, best. Amazing. Uh, uh, Wi-Fi so clean. But um, yeah, um, it was just yeah, you know, they, they were doing business, and it wasn't just oh yeah, we're you know, hey, we're from Australia. It's like hey, MCW, and they're like oh Melbourne. Yep, let's go for talk. Respect. Yeah, and it's it's through hard work, and it was. Like I said, I'm proud and I'm, I'm honoured that these people are my friends and I'm proud that and honoured to be part of this company in a very small way and another big way coming up. I'll tell you this later on. But, um, yeah, exclusive, don't they? On or uh, off air? No, 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 no. I can't do it now <laughs> off air. People be, at the end of the podcast going, oh, fuck this, he didn't tell shit. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it was just I was just so proud. It was just – and I looked at Mikey and I said – you know, we're at Thornbury, and that used to be the main event place. Yeah. And he's coming downstairs, and I looked at him, and I said, mate, think you're going to need a bigger place? He goes, yeah, already in the works. And I'm like, all right. We've got Mikey in next week, so I'm looking forward to being able to pick his brain about this stuff. Yeah. He's quite good when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I just wanted to bring up uh, Lockie Hendricks. Obviously, he... Uh, Tony's mate. Yeah, Tony's mate. Tony's a big I fan. That's bullshit. <laughs> I cannot believe that Lockie Hendricks has ended the career of two of my old mates. Well, that, that's what I was, I was going to bring up. And there's, there's, that's the reason why I hate the guy. <laughs> yep. Well, he also, oh, you mate, disrespected him. You also disrespected him when he came in yeah, and he called you on it. Because he's got, because he's he got called no you on your bullshit. For anyone else. There's no way I'm respecting a bloke who can't respect and, and people who have set up the business for him. You have to command respect, Tony. Oh. Uh, he's got this every freaking week. He's he's a, he's an all right kid. Um, Lucky Hendricks. He's all right. Oh, you've turned. He's, no. <laughs> he's got you too. He hated him until he heard Lucky have a go at you. I think. Uh, small doses. You know, he's one of those. It's like, hey man, how you doing? Yeah, good. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I was like, hey man, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. All right, bye. <laughs> See now, Tony, you, you yeah. like that? There you go. Are you happy now? Up? Tony did. Yeah, yeah. ribbing him. his fist. I'm ribbing him. Asking about his speech a bit last time around. Yeah, but that's that's. Here's another guy. You look at him. You look at uh, Manuel, um, Big Ali, and you got Jet. 
coming through the academy right now, it's like I said, man, seeds are being planted and they're growing some good fruit. Yeah. And interstate, there's so many guys that are killing it as well in Adelaide, Perth, Sydney. Exactly, P- yeah. P- um, PWA have got a production line, especially of women. Yeah. That's one thing that's always been – I've always – told everyone who comes into wrestling, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the chicks are going to get their boobs. I said, no, no, Aussies have got, you know, we've got a great women's scene here. we got some great talent. Look look what happened on at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. Um, if I was telling everyone at work the other day, oh, chick won at WrestleMania, she's my friend Cassie, look, there's a photo <laughs> of us. And everyone's like, we don't give a shit about wrestling. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's on the news. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, and the, the women's scene is great. You look at Kellyanne, you look at um, Indy. You, you, I mean, Sydney is pumping out great women's wrestlers, and it's great, but they're also pumping out great guys, yeah. obviously, as well. Um, Adelaide's really starting to pick up at the moment too. I'm, I look at a company like ACW in Adelaide, and I'm thinking, I want to go there and watch that. that They've really come good. from nowhere, yeah. As well, they really have. Uh, I went there for PWSA a couple of years ago with uh, Johnny Raddick, yeah. and um, I'm sort of there, and I'm like, there's potential here, and ACW seemed to have latched on that potential, and they're they're doing great guns at the moment. They're big on trying to get companies to work together. That's true, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's important for a small market like Adelaide. Yeah, and it is. And they're also, I mean, look, Brooksy goes over there. You know, I mean, they got factions like The Purge. You know, they got they got some great things going on there. And it's not just, oh, we've finished from one company, so now we're going to go to another company and put another spin on it. You know, the promoter's like, yeah, if you want to come over, that's fine, but you've got to earn it. And that's, you can't do nothing but take your head off to that. Perth has always been strong. You know, Perth is always Perth. Yeah, they've, got, they've got some good people um, yeah. doing the training over there. Yeah, well, that Storm guy, what's his name? Yeah, he's all right. We, and we, that, that we Gavin, have, whatever his name is. Yeah. We, have, we have a big crush on David Storm. Everyone has a big crush on David Storm. He's a beautiful man. Love the guy to death. Hey, I want to also touch, uh, we, we talk about career-ending injuries and, and the like, and we spoke about uh, Tyson Baxter last week with the ACL that he's blown. You mentioned your knee. For you, it wasn't a career-ending injury, but it was a career-ending Illness for which could have been a career-ending illness for you when uh, you, you had cancer. That was, I did, yeah, and that, was, and that was pretty much nearly in the prime of your your wrestling career. It was, yeah. I'd, um, I, yeah, like I said, I'd just gone over my knee. I'd had a couple of surgeries on it. It was all good. Then I found out I had testicular cancer. Uh, so I went and got it checked, and the doc's like, "We got to get you in the doctor and the hospital right now." Uh, they did the surgery. Um, actually, before the surgery, I'm laying there. And, you know, I'm not exactly in the most impressive state. You know, I'm on a freezing cold slab, <laughs> butt naked, and there's one regular nut and one softball. And I'd found out that it had ruptured two days earlier, yeah. so I was in agony. And this young surgeon comes in with the old surgeon. And he goes, right, which one is it? And the old surgeon just looked at him, and I looked at the old surgeon like, what the fuck? <laughs> so the old surgeon pulls out a text that puts a cross on the good one and a tick on the bad one. <laughs> Uh, could have done it with a spray can. It was that big on the bad one. Um, but, yeah, that that was all good. Went out. Um, that was a day surgery, which was fine. Went and got checked up and found out that um, it moved and I, the cancer had actually gone up into my abdomen, in my lymph nodes. So I spent six months doing chemo over the Christmas New Year period, uh, the worst time to do chemo. Um, finished chemo two days before the PWA reunion show and did a match. And yeah, uh, almost died, but yeah, did a, a, a one-minute match. Uh, I thought everything was good. Uh, go back in again, and there's like nuts come back six months later. So I had to have an operation. So basically, I mean, I'm not exactly s- slim, but I'll always have a, a, my gut like a forward bit because basically what they did was I cut all the way down, opened me up like a book, lifted all the intestines out, and then scraped all the lymph nodes and then put them back in. So about seven and a half hour operation. Um, so it's never, I've had problems ever since, but you know, they're all taken care of. It's fine. Um, so that was all taken care of. It was all good. And then to finish it off, that was the end of my cancer. And I'm like, sweet. I go back in six, seven months later and they're like, shit, we think it's in your kidney now. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And by this time I was just like, I'd fucking had it. And they do the, um, they get the, the little, uh, the camera and they go in, have a look. And they can't get past this tube. And they're like, what the hell's going on? So they do an x-ray and they left a clip. Fucking hell. On my kidney. So basically my kidney poisoned itself. So I had to go in for an operation for that. And um, yeah, I basically 
went pretty much from front to back, just straight across there. And whenever my nephews like what happened there, it's like that's where the shark got me. <laughs> but um, yeah, one so yeah, I come back in the ring with a mangled up guts, one kidney, bad knee, and just thought, oh well, why not? <laughs> not going to give what up. What else now. can you do to me? Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not going to give up now. It's you know I've, I've had all this shit done to me. Let's just go. You know, I mean, if, you know, if, if what happens now happens. So I'm, I'm one of those people that if you have cancer and if what I tell people is if you have cancer and you survive it, you can't be angry because you had a fight and you won. Yeah. And if you have a friend who had cancer and died, you can't be angry because they fought up to that very last minute. They never gave up. And I try to tell people that to reassure them that. And, um, yeah, it's just you – know, life's good. So I'm enjoying it. How would you find the uh, the comeback and getting back into training? Like, Was it a slow process initially? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was. Um the, the the best thing when I did that PWS, I got a huge pot walking out the door, and I looked like a freaking zombie, you know, completely bald, uh, bright white. And that pop gave me a lot of a lot of motivation. Uh, when I started talking to Jay Andrews again and um, Mikey J, they're like, "Well, we're doing this show at the Dragonfly for the last one. We want you to come down and be on it and tag team with Steve Frost." And I'm like, "Sweet, no worries." So we did it, and it felt good. You know, I, I dropped about thirty kilos, and I felt really, really good. And Carlo Cannon was there, and I started talking to him about coming down to his training school. And at the time, he didn't have Vicious Pursuit. He was just out of a shed in Hoppers, I think, or something like that. And the times he was training, I was working, so I couldn't make it. So I just started hitting the gym, um, rolling around on mats whenever I could. Then when he got his first venue in South Melbourne, I signed up, and I would drive from Romsey, where I used to live, in the back of Mount Macedon, all the way to South Melbourne to train and then drive all the way back uh, twice a week, maybe sometimes once a week. The first, and with um, Cassie Payton, she was one of the trainers as well. And first couple of times was just hard, you know, the, that very first bump. Oh, God, I haven't felt that terrified since the first one I took with George. And But once you took it, it's like, oh, I'm back on the bike. And you just go. And Carlo was teaching me some stuff like, you know, like things that I was told I wasn't meant to do because I was a big guy, like leaping over the top rope. He's like, you can do it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I've never done it. He goes, why haven't you done it? I'm like, I've been told never. And he goes, nah, bullshit. You know, leapfrogs. You know, I remember George telling me, you just get in the ring and you stand there and you don't move and you don't like bump. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that bores the shit out of me watching it. Why would I want to do it? And Carlo's like, right, we're going to do internationals and would you do a leapfrog? And I'm like, never done one. He goes, well, you're going to now. And we didn't. Yeah. So getting back on the horse, so to speak, was, was great. And that first show back, it was just like, yep, back home, ready to go. Nice. And Carlo's done some great things with a lot of he like he's like the modern day, the younger version of George, I feel like. Yeah, he is, he is. Um he's yeah, he's definitely got a dedicated following, let's put it that way. Uh and he's produced some great wrestlers, there's no doubt about that. Um but I know a lot of the the mindset that he took is now being followed up and and used at the MCW Academy as well. And the MCW Academy is in Thomastown. And that's starting to pump guys out as well. Um, so we actually have you know, PCW, Carlo, MCW Academy, and George. Yeah, there's four great schools in Melbourne. Yeah, exactly right. And as I said earlier, the, the business is going up. And they're all busy. And they're all busy, yeah. Every night at George's. I remember I went to see George. I got back into training with George and – I got there at five, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, George is five, and I'm the only one here. And he goes, just wait. Five minutes later, 20 guys rocked up, and he looks at me and goes, it's like this every night. And I'm like, what night do you have off? And he goes, I don't, because I show up every night. Yeah, well, a young kid that we sort of interviewed when he just started training with George, and he had his first match last weekend um, down in Sunbury at PPW, and it was great to just see um, you know, a 16-year-old kid rolling around. Yeah. That, you know, he did well. Yeah, he did really well. Yeah, it did, like, and that's, that's another thing. Like, you know, when I when I first got into wrestling, I was a kid, and it was on Channel Ten after Prisoner. And I was too scared to watch Prisoner because you know, like, stabby stabby prison, you know, <laughs> lesbian, all that sort of stuff that was going on. Yeah, yeah, mal, all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> so I'd go to bed, and then Mum would just expect me to wake up at nine nine thirty to watch a show, and of course I'd be like, "No, nah, I can't get to sleep," and she'd be like, "Point to the couch," and yep. We're going to watch wrestling together. About a year or so later, Mum's like, I taped it for you last night. You didn't come down. I went for two hours and it was WrestleMania 1. 
And I wish I'd kept that tape. <laughs> I wish I'd kept it. It's on the network. It's yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't have like the Sabar ads and stuff like that. Swagman, <laughs> Swagman's hat and stuff like that. Franco Cotto. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and it was so – up until WrestleMania 3, it was on Channel 10 the entire time. WrestleMania 3 was on Channel 10. WrestleMania 3, I was staying at my grandmother's house and she sent me to bed and I'm like, put the TV on I'm like – the fuck WrestleMania's on? <laughs> I had no idea. I just sat there and, yeah, the Hogan Andre and Roddy Piper and... Oh. We were at um, a friend of my parents' place and the show had just started. Mum and Dad were like, come on, let's get going. I'm like, WrestleMania's on. So they just basically sat there blankly staring at each other for three hours while me and my brother were watching WrestleMania. But as time went on after that, it was so hard to get any information. Uh, you go to, like, Civic Video and they'd have the four main pay-per-views, but they'd come out three or four months late. Yeah, and the and only good thing with that was that the magazines would also come out three or four months late. So luckily they were in sync. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you had was superstars, really. Yeah, and then, and then when that fizzled out, oh, it was 11 like PM. Yeah, when that when that fizzled out, it was well, you know, you got the video store and the magazines, and I'd look through the magazines, going, I, I want to see this Ric Flair guy, I want to see the Road Warriors, I want to see this Four Horsemen, I want to see this and that. But because we only got WWF, couldn't see nothing. And then along come pay TV. And all of a sudden, Hogan was a bad guy. And I remember, I remember seeing a an ad for Rora's War on Fox Sports done by the Road Warriors. And I think it was, I think it was before Fox. I think it was when it was Galaxy or something like that. And <laughs> Gee, you were rich. Yeah, well, you Monster. know, yeah, you know, I just landed the helicopter and turned on the TV. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then obviously more channels started coming on. And then all of a sudden, you got WCW, and I remember, yeah, like you know, WCW. What, what the, Hogan Dawns, he wouldn't wear him black. And that's when I just totally, as I said, I listened to a podcast called Laps Fan and I was lapsed up until that point. And then I was like, fucking bang, straight back into it. And I, I was the biggest mark, especially with the NWO stuff. And still am to this day, actually, to be honest. Now, you mentioned that uh, you're going to have more going forward with MCW. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm yeah. not letting that one go. So, anyway, I'm not wrestling anymore. Um, you're not yeah, coming back no. for one more match? Last, I uh, did Wrestle Rock, the first Wrestle Rock show. Landed on my left butt cheek, a little bit more than my right. Herniated my disc in oh, my back. Um, had surgery. Um, uh, yeah, it was, thank God, the surgeon, um, Dr. John Cunningham, good bloke. Dr. John loves me. Uh, he really looked after me and he actually said to me, oh, when I went in for my original um, surgery uh, consultation, he's like, you're a wrestler. And I went, yeah. And I'm sitting there like, no, just give me endone. <laughs> like moving and like yeah, yeah mate yeah, yeah yeah and for 20 minutes he's like mate I love wrestling and we just can't talk and he goes yeah by the way your back's fucked and I went yeah thanks yeah. we'll get you for surgery tomorrow sweet thank you um so yeah I've got a, he's got a now signed cremator thing on his wind, on his door next nice. to next to Collingwood and Richmond jumpers and Essendon jumpers and stuff like that it. but um yeah so I wanted to get back in I wanted to, to do something that wasn't in the ring and I was thinking maybe being a ring announcer and stuff. I can't be a manager and a referee because I'm too big. Um, I always look at like Bobby Heenan, like if, if someone or Jimmy Hart, they get hit, they would fly. If someone hits me, and I can hit them back. It just doesn't look, you know. I got Lockie Hendricks coming to give me a four. I'm not going to take a huge bump. I'm just going to be like, oh, you little shit, and give it back to him. So I'm trying to figure out ways to do. It. And Andy Coyne um, comes up to me a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, "Look, we're looking at doing." a show with the main sponsor, Moondog Brewery, uh, akin to the Friday Front Bar, the AFL one, but we're going to do an MCW one on YouTube. And basically we're going to plug their new beer when it comes out and forecast what's coming up for the next uh, show. And that should be kicking off after Fallout. So there you go. There's the scoop. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube, uh, probably YouTube or the MCW Vimeo, one of the two. But And we'll definitely share links and news of that yeah. because we're yeah we don't have any guests so don't bother asking <laughs> we've been talking <laughs> we've been talking to andy and um i knew that there was something coming up this is awesome yeah and there's one thing me andy and i think sean hawkins evolved too is we love our beer we love our craft beer and stuff so moondog have been fantastic to us uh not just the company but also the boys you know and it's just it's match made in heaven they want us we want them and I'm really looking, excited, looking forward to it. And like I said, it's not going to be a, by the way, if you missed it, this is what happened. It's going to be like, okay, this is what happened last show, which we're now leading into this. So people actually go into a show with like, in their mind, like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember when Avery did that. Now Kellyanne's ready to fuck her up. So, yeah. yeah, and there was things that happened on the last show for a reason. Exactly right, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'd love to do it Tuesday Night Titan style or something like that, but 
That, that can be the next thing. That could be the next thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's got to get me, me blue sunnies and velvet jacket and will you stop. Now, we've got some listener questions that we've- uh, People listen? Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do, we do listen, have yeah. some listeners. Oh, if anyone's asking, I don't know when my mum's birthday is. Yeah, I saw that one before. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to ask that Good, one. Good, I don't know when it is. I always get it mixed up with a wedding anniversary. But knowing a wedding anniversary is very impressive. Well, it's either May, it's either November four or December six, one of the two. <laughs> um, but Andrew Coyne, oh, Jesus, uh, wants to know what your favourite beer right now and of all time is. Uh, all time is a toss up between uh, one in Adelaide from uh, sorry one in Tasmania from Bogues called Wizard Smith, which you can only buy in Tasmania. When I went to wrestle down there. Um, went to the bars and there's a red beer and I was like, holy shit, and you can't get it in Melbourne. I've had it. It's, it's, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, there's another scene that you know, Tasmania's going, well, they just need to really branch out more. Yeah. And they're on the island and they're happy in their little thing. It's great, but you've got to really branch out more. Um, so that's all time. Also, another one is a Victorian one called uh, Jedi Juice from Hop Nation, uh, just around the corner from these illustrious studios here on the 47th floor. So uh, it's just... Yeah, great. Anyone goes down there, it's it's great. Hop Nation on a Saturday or a Sunday for a quiet beer in the afternoon is a is a great place to go. You can have a quiet beer down there, can you? It is a lovely. If you've place. got dinner reservations, sometimes yeah. 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 Uh, we'll go down sometimes on a Sunday, and it'll be like me, Joel Bateman, Sean, and all them. And because they've got the big mural, looks like a church window. So we just send the message: we're going to church. So like, yeah, we're going to church. That's what yeah, we nice. call kittens. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the level of this show down to the floor. No, no, it's already been down there. Yeah. But of course, in, uh, with our sponsor, Moondog Brewery, also they've got um, Brutus Beefcake's Tropical Vacation, which is actually really, really nice. Uh, the Thunderlips Red is also a really good one as well. So, What's your favourite uh, Strong Zero flavour? Oh. oh. Uh, Blood Orange was good. Yeah. Lemon was good. Was my favorite. Lemon lime was good too. Yeah. They're all bloody good, and they're dangerous. Those things are dangerous. <laughs> They'll sneak up on you. You can, buy, you know, you can buy them in Melbourne. Yeah, really? Where? Yeah, Where? there's a, a place on a Becker Street called Tokyo Hometown Supermarket, and it's all Japanese food, and it's all the different types of Kit Kat, uh, Pocky. You know those Pocky sticks? All the oh, chips. I'm, I'm, it's a uh, Beckett Street. Yeah. Um, in yeah. The city. Right. Yeah, in the city. Um, as you go down Elizabeth, you turn left into a Beckett. Yeah. And it's, yeah, right, there's all so construction. So just before there. the market? Might have to uh, meeting no, no, if tomorrow, you're going towards yeah. Flinders Street on Elizabeth Street, you turn yeah. left into it. Okay. It's just yeah. after the market. Right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, you obviously went to Corrigan when you were there. Ah, uh, yes. Did you buy the chips in the box? Sorry, we're just having a personal conversation. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they the, sell them. The chicken tenders and Yeah, stuff. they sell those, chi- those chicken chips tenders. in the box that look like co- <laughs> little cones. Oh, really? And they are the shit. They are so good. This podcast has peaked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Have any more listener questions? Yeah. Uh, if anyone, by the way, if anyone goes to Japan... Go to Lawson's at Corrigan Hall, and it's, Corrigan Hall's BYO. Yeah. And you oh. get a 600ml can of beer for like $1.50, $2, and load up and take it up I'm, with you. I'm going to Wrestle Kingdom next year. So it is an amazing thing. Um, so, Ree Bell asked, what were you thinking when all that blood was spurting out your head in a match against Tommy Hellfire? I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was something else. That I legitimately got really, really dizzy. That was meant to be the finish, but I was meant to sort of fade out. But I, and it was squirting a good two feet, and I legit was getting real dizzy. Um, we were meant to do a spot going through the crowd, and I was going to take a dive off the balcony to the floor, and um, just you know exposing the business there for you all. And um, <laughs> uh, my wife was up in, in the uh, the VIP section up the top there, and I took a bump right near Mikey, and he's looking down at me, and I could see the blood all on the floor squirting up my head and coming back down on my head. And Mikey goes, there's no way in hell you're going out in the crowd like that. And I'm like, I know. He goes, come up with a finish right now. So I called everything on the fly. (laughs) I I called everything. We got it all done. And I got a message from my wife going, are you all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I think I've got to go to the hospital though. Mike needs stitches. So we ended up going to the Northern. And I said to her, um, uh, I said, you don't seem too stressed. She goes, no, I was fine with you bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, what's the matter? She goes, you said you were going to dive off the balcony. And when you didn't do that, I thought, oh, shit, you must be hurt. (laughs) I'm like, I'm spraying blood like a fountain. And you're like, no, he didn't take that crazy-ass bun that would have killed him. He must be hurt. But I had some friends there, some tattoo mates there, and uh, they're like, well, oh, man, well, that tomato sauce. And I went, have a look at the freaking tomato sauce. As, yeah, that squirts like that. As Mad Dog used to say, have a look at the vagina on my head. <laughs> and you have a look at, holy shit, that's real. We actually, uh, another story, we did a show in Mildura for PCW, and I was wrestling Steve Frost, and I'd 
gigged and there was bloody real. We went up in the stands and all over. There was like 900 people in Mildura, um, Basel Stadium there. And the finish was I dislocated my hip for about half a second. It was the most painful thing. I've, I took a superplex and went, and then landed against, oh, shit, okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really fucking hurt. And, um, yeah, so – I did a – the finish was I was going to get thrown off the top through two tables and I was bleeding heavily. So I threw off – I got thrown off the top, two tables of the floor and that was it. I was done. Uh, two out of three tables match. And I'm laying there and there's people just laying. I'm doing the sub and I'm also like, God, this fucking really hurts. All right, time to get up. I'm going. I get up and my head's just all, all wobbly and I'm thinking, what the shit's going on here? And I started to stand up and I could feel my head going backwards and forwards and mine. Like, what the hell? I reached the back of my head. And a chunk, probably the size of like an old size three basketball of wood, had, from the blood had stuck to the back of my head. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, pull that off. I'm like, oh, oh that's better. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't try it at home, kids. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of mad dog, and now there's a guy that's just an amazing wrestler. Uh, the longevity that he's had in the in the, uh, in the business. And the thing is, too, he's just like, what, you want me to get hit by a train? All right. You know, he's, he's, he'll he's the nicest him. guy. He is. He, we've got to get him in for a chat. He, yeah. said, he said yes, but I've got to sort it out a sort yeah. of time. He's, he's a sweetheart, and um, uh, you cross him and he'll know about it. But he's extremely loyal to his friends, and he's one of those guys that's like, I don't care if there's one person or one million people, we're putting on a show. Yeah. And I know he's done crazy-ass death matches for his work, like at his workplace, you know, things like that. And I know he goes over to Japan and does a lot of work there, and uh, I – wrestled him a bunch and we did a show in PCW and gave me a superplex off the top of the cage. And I, I the bump was fine. I was actually really good, but I did the sell of getting up and like, you know, Michael Jackson, sort of thing. And I can see my brother ready to jump into the ring because he thought Andy, well, Mad Dog, had killed him. That killed me. And I'm like, if my brother, who knows everyone, gets sucked into it, then I'm doing my job. <laughs> uh, that year, we had him over for Christmas, and we woke up one morning, and he'd clean out the entire fridge. And he's sitting there with his big fat gut going, oh, your mum cooks so good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a great guy. He really, really is. He, he tells some really good stories, too. Can we ask Cremator to stick around for the second part? Yep. Beauty, because I, I know that he was into WrestleMania very much, so we'll get his thoughts on it. As well. Uh, stick around, folks. We'll take a quick break. Back with our second half of the And welcome back. Bret Hart is the music that brings us in. And uh, boy, oh boy, boys, wasn't that the most interesting thing that happened at the Hall of Fame? Bret Hart being tackled by some dude in a uh, Rastafarian, Rastafarian hat. hat with the fake dreads. Yeah, what a prick. I'm loving all the uh, memes that are coming out of Shawn Michaels with the Rastafarian hat <laughs> on at the moment. That's great. <laughs> um, I was watching, I've watched a few angles of it, and Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's oh. husband, he nearly got to the guy before he got to Brett. It was he. Was that him? Was it? Yeah, yeah. he's freakishly quick. Yeah, only a slip, I think, because he slipped as he got in the ring. Otherwise, I think he would have got there. And did he lay some fists on him? Oh, yeah. did and, they? So, and Davey Boy Smith as well. He was on the yeah. Ring. Dash Wilder did a lovely, lovely one right at the end there. So and look, rightly so. I mean, if security's not going to get there, and you've mm. got um, some of the toughest guys in the world sitting ringside, you're probably going to cop it now. Mustafa Ali oh, jumped in and led the guy away. Mustafa Ali was a police officer for, for eight years, so his police instincts have kicked in and he's led the guy away. And you had the New Day rushing to see if Brett was okay. I, th I thought the response from the guys at ringside mm. was perfect. And if you watch the replay of the Hall of Fame, fame speech, WWE's editors are so good that you wouldn't know, except that hair, Brett's hair goes from in to a bit out. <laughs> Shit, yeah. that's all right. And, and then he good-looking hair too. Yeah. And then he mentions... Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on that. I have zero follicles. Um, I uh, saw it on USA. I was watching it at the Raw After War on... The Raw After Mania on USA, and then they went straight into a shortened version of the Hall of Fame. Um, first of all, to see Honky Tonk. Love yes. that guy. Love that guy. 
Um, but you're right. It was edited like uh, not even a blink and you miss it. It was like what, something happened here. You wouldn't even know. They're one of the best production companies. Yeah, in the they world. do well. They do well. Sometimes a little bit too much. Yeah, I think so. Well, it can be overproduced, but when it's something like that, <clears throat> yeah, beautiful. Brutus was good too. He's cooked. No, that was the worst speech. <laughs> He's cooked. That was the worst yeah. speech since Hillbilly Jim. He's cooked. I'm just leaving it at that. He's cooked. Like, he made no sense. <laughs> no sense. No, fair enough. I want to go see Eric Bischoff when he comes out just to hear Brutus stories. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hates him. We have uh, we bought meet and greet tickets and have requested an interview. So we'll see how yes. we go. <laughs> uh, Joe Dinell, spring break, boys. Super fun. It uh, went over two days on the Fight TV app. Um doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> well, who, who turned up in the in the clusterfuck? Uh, yeah, on some the Sunday, the second day, you had uh, Shazza McKenzie. Well, I was going to leave that to the end, but I thought that's where you're leaving. No, I was, talking, I was talking. But I was talking about like some of the names that rocked up, like um, Crime Time. Yeah, Crime Time. Oh God, jeez, and they're in good condition too. Some dude with no legs. Yeah, Mister. No oh, leg. Zach Gowan. No, 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 no legs. No legs, and he did four fifties and. A 619 with a no okay. leg chant. 619 without legs. Hornswoggle. Yep. Hornswoggle, Hornswoggle was there. Was I actually thought that was no legs, but it turned out it wasn't. <laughs> and then we had Mick Moretti. Mick Moretti was there. I saw the photo of Mick. We're yeah. getting punched Cave in the mouth by Necro Butcher. Yes, yes. We Necro get Butcher. Or something. Yeah, Ca- Caveman. Caveman Ugg was in there. Ah, good. Love Uggy. He's oh. a good guy. And then the very end, uh, a lot of women, including Shazza McKenzie, invaded, beat the shit out of everyone piled the referees in a big pile in the centre of the ring. And Shazza, to her credit, she looked like an absolute machine. She dropped Rich Swan on his head. (laughs) (laughs) And she was using light tubes on people. It was amazing. Her gear looked fantastic. It did. I didn't actually see the show, but she posted the photo. I'm like, that's some great looking gear. It It was a really fun show. So if you want to watch, uh, if you want to watch some wrestling, if you've still got any Will to watch wrestling after the weekend. I, I can recommend Joey Janela's Spring Break. Yeah, the uh, Invisible Man versus the Invisible Stan. I can't it remember just, the ref's name. It was just a will... referee refereeing no one in the ring, as if they were having a hardcore match, <laughs> including them, including them suplexing each other off a balcony, and then there's a table spot at the end, <laughs> and the oh, table breaks, and the table breaks, <laughs> yeah, and the table breaks. So didn't take yourself too seriously. It was it was a lot of fun. What, what's the show that Virgil showed up at? That was that, that, was, that was the one. one. That was Joey oh, spring yeah. break. So yeah. he, won with roll, he won with a roll up in ten seconds, <laughs> and then got a Virgil chant. So it was good. No, I'll, I'll look out for that. Uh, takeover, guys. Missed it. Yeah, completely missed it. Amazing. Johnny Gargano is the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. Bar none. Like his storytelling is Steven Spielberg of wrestling. He uh, had a two out of three falls match. And if I was to say I think that's the best takeover match Johnny Gargano's ever had, by default makes it the best takeover match in history. Yeah, and by the end of it, we, like we spoke about, he won over the Adam Cole uh, elements of the crowd. Yeah, yeah cr- th- those guys were pretty hard on Gargano towards the end, but eventually he won him over that over them as well. So, yeah, credit yeah, to him. I think uh, even if you don't want to watch the whole takeover show, which you probably should, it's amazing. Uh, at least watch the main event. And Walter and Dunn. And um, Walter's great as well. They, they beat the shit out of each other. And that, of course, led us into WrestleMania, probably the longest ever WrestleMania not in, probably. in the history. Oh, uh, not probably, it was. Uh, comments have been varied across social media, and I've seen comments, people saying it was the best ever WrestleMania. I've seen people saying best ever, maybe not, but top five. Where does it sit, boys? I'd say it's one of the better recent ones. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, first of all, history in the making with the women's main event. Yeah, um, I thought the match was a little bit sloppy, but it's still that's you I know that's history. Ronda, I thought Ronda right. was really good in it. I thought um, yeah, except I, for the finish. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. I love the homage to um, Flair when Charlotte with the helicopter yes. coming down. I thought that was great. Um, obviously, you know, Billy and Peyton winning the belts. I mean, that was just a great moment. I jumped off the couch. I was at work driving a car, and my wife's texting me going, "You should have you heard what's happening at Mania? And I'm like, no, well, I'm at the lights. And she sends me a photo, and I'm just like, fuck! And my mate's like, what's going on? So, my, um, friend, my friend just won a WWE title. Yeah, yeah, it's good. The light's green. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't drink and drive and text, by the way, kids. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, obviously Buddy Murphy dropped in the belt as well. Do you think that means he's um, going to get a run on SmackDown or Raw? Because he had his rematch today uh, and had a really great match. And I, it just feels like maybe it's time for him to move up. I hope so. I really do. Um, but it's also where he is at the moment. He's in his element. There's nothing for him left for him to do. Well, there's that too. Yeah. So, and you know, the curse of going up to the main roster when you're coming from off. NXT or something. And yeah. it's like, you know. Just put him on SmackDown and let him wrestle against um, Mustafa and Andrade every night. Yeah, but that'll be mid-card at best every night because, you know, that's the way WWE goes, unfortunately. For 11 years, and then he can win the title at Mania yeah. like Kofi. <laughs> but the, the good thing is now he's, he's developed such a, a reputation now um, for his ability that he can now, if he wants to, you know, who wants to talk to me? Yeah, sort he, of thing. he so, doesn't have bad matches. No. Um, massive domination, isn't there, at the moment of Aussies? It's going good, isn't it? It's yeah. going good. You got the boys in, in Sydney, uh, Sydney, what are they called? David Storm in London and all them over there. And Kyle Fletcher over there doing great over in England. Met the boys in um, Japan. Sorry to bring up Japan again. Yeah. Um, you got, you know, Aussies, do, like Australian suicide doing great in, Ma- in Mexico. M- Mikey's over in New Japan, Mikey Nichols. And you've got Slade Mercer's working all Japan at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the Champions Carnival. Oh, that's as we speak. So, so it's it's yeah. just you know yeah. Like I said, the time's great for an Aussie. Yeah, and and yeah. Over the weekend, it wasn't just WrestleMania. Obviously, they were on a lot of shows. I think it was thirty-eight different events over the weekend. I'm so. halfway through the G1 Supercard. Yeah, that's love my show. love my New Japan. So yeah. I'm halfway through that. Oh, Pop like a crazy man when Muda came out. So. Oh, that was amazing. Have you got up to the bit where Enzo and Cass? Uh... No, I have not. No, I have not. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, I did hear about next it. On the list of our topics. <laughs> yeah. So the. We can just go straight into that, yeah, please. Yeah. Um, obviously, Enzo and Cass—they made it like a work shoot. Um, so they're going to be working for Ring of Honor. It wasn't a great look. I'm, I'm from what, when I was watching it. I, yeah, it's sort of made Ring of Honor a little bit more irrelevant for me. On watching that show, I'm uh, not really big on Ring of Honor. Anyway, yeah, but they've gone down a lot yeah. recent times. I think this is, I don't know, a desperate plea to try and get a little bit more mm. attention doing that. Well, yeah. you think about it, um, AEW and WWE have, have taken their roster. They've got nothing left. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally against a company signing Enzo and Cass, but not Ring of Honor. Their fans are quite hardcore. It yeah. seems like you're you're shitting on your last remaining fans. Yeah, yeah. Impact, that probably would have worked. Impact would have been a lot better for them. Yeah, I've just... I haven't been a fan of Ring of Honor for a long time. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just something about it. It just doesn't sit well with me. But you know, but then I got, you know, I got my New Japan, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. You know? So the New Japan stuff, I'm not sure. I don't want. You've seen the spoilers, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Bring thing. it on, sorry. Right. Oh, okay. I don't, so, I'm not one of those guys. Like, don't fucking yeah, tell no, me. No, no, that's all right. Yeah. I'm, so the, you know, I can watch a show. And I'm like, oh, he dies. Cool. Now I'll really watch it. <laughs> so, so. The New Japan portion is really great. Yeah. Um, Coda uh, and Naito. I'm looking, I'm looking kill, forward to the switch. Kill blade. each other. Yeah, so, a Carter match, and I'm, so, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, finishing yeah, it off. Yeah, the New Japan portion of the show was great, so can't complain. But that was a long show as well, five and a half hours. Yeah, and of course the uh, Bullet Club block party. Yeah, you see the yeah. photos Couple of the video of from that. that as well. They're taking yeah. everywhere. Gino making forty bucks chopping someone. Yeah. <laughs> Making uh, his own cigars in New York. I saw those cigars. How good yeah, were they? Really he loves good. a good cigar. Loves yeah. a good cigar, he does. He's got his own little uh, ribbon. Yeah. And this box is fantastic. Hand rolled. Hand rolled. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wrestling uh, through Asia uh, and all Japan, Slade Mercer being over there at the moment as well. Fantastic for him. Great opportunity. Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I'm a subscriber to All Japan TV. Well, now you are. Yeah, now I am, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Because of Slade. He, he yeah. subscribed two days ago. Yeah, but I normally watch it via other means. <laughs> um, the big Do, shows. Does it have, like, classic matches? Because I love classic old Japan. I haven't gone that far, like I said. Old Stan Hansen stuff. I love yeah, all that. I don't think their back catalogs as good as New Japan ah. is, but they're adding stuff from what, I, yep. from what I know. But uh, the names that they're using Slade Mercer as in the – there's no commentary at the minute because they're only the smaller shows uh, – I think the first night he was big thick in the just in the wow. synopsis of the show. It took me a while to work out which one he was because um, there's no commentary. And obviously, if, when there is commentary, big it's going to be. And then 
Uh, is that a movie series over 30 odd parts or I something? I have no idea. Uh, just little scenes filmed but, here and there. But, but like last that? night it was uh, Big Tree Thick. Oh, I know it used to be called Big Tree or something like that. Yeah. So, big Tree Thick. Yeah. So he's. <laughs> Yeah, he's a thick guy. He's well, a big, look, big guy. He's I, looked really well too. I promise that we have Slade. The he gets off the plane, and I think the next available slot we have him coming into the studio. So I don't know. Do we have to say we've got Slade Merce, or do we have Big Thick coming? Big in? Thick. Well, I think yeah. Big Thick. Big Tree. Thick. And then the the doing sound effect. Well, well, <laughs> that's, better, that's better than Max Damage. Yeah. <laughs> There's still probably eight more shows that he's going to be on, so his name could be completely different I, by the end of no, it. Right. I've, I've heard some shocking names in the business. <laughs> I tell you what. The amount of Korean barbecue he's been eating over there, oh. he, he's going to live up to the name Big Thick by the time he comes back. Yeah, Love Korean and, barbecue. Yeah. And he did a commercial as well while he was there for kimchi. No, I can't remember. It was a betting thing, I think. Chris Weiss has done a commercial for uh, Family Mart in Japan. Yes. Yeah, well, he was promoting him so much on his uh, Twitter there. I ran into him at Corrigan Hall and I'm like, hey, it's a TV superstar. And he's like, ah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a look at the upcoming shows, boys. Uh, Friday this week, United Pro Wrestling on the Sunshine Coast present Fight for Life. 20% of proceeds will go to Cancel Research, which is fantastic. And uh, great work by the guys at UPW. Uh, on Saturday, Showdown Wrestling at the Italian Social Club in Werribee have a women's main event. Erica Reed taking on Perth's Lena Cross. Yeah, she's really good. So first time coming to Melbourne. So I'm going to the show just to watch that. Evil Andy Coyne will be on that as well. Oh, I love Evil Andy Coyne. He's fun. PCW Ignition's on at Ferntree Galley. AWF is at Supernova on the Gold Coast. IWA have a show at St. John's Bowling Club in Sydney. Tickets only 10 bucks each. It's the old days. Well, most yeah, of the, most of Australian wrestlers aren't in the country, so, so. <laughs> yeah, just try and get something done. Uh, if you've got an idea for a podcast, give us a call at uh, my podcast house uh, or on the turnbuckle through our Facebook page, and we'll uh, hook you up and see what we can uh, get you doing. It's been great having you in, mate. Oh, thank you. I thought we were going to get more blue, but all right. No, we can do that uh, next Tony time. Tony gets a bit upset sometimes. Yeah. Why? Not blue enough. He's like... He likes to work racist more than blue. Oh, that sounds like a, <laughs> Damn. That, sa- that sounds like good old Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next time we'll do this, we'll bring in some beers and we'll yeah we'll do it like yeah, we'll, we'll do actually, like men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get crackers as well, and we'll have a really really. Oh god, let's well, get crackers drunk. That's hilarious. The three of them at the same time, I reckon, would be a very. I actually got offered to do a shoot interview after drinking a slab. And I'm just like, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I'll never work again. <laughs> Can I final edit? I, I still like my friends. So, um. Speaking of your friends, next week we're joined by Mikey J and Ree from MCW. Excellent. And we don't have Lyle, which will be even better. Even better. Yeah, so excellent. we'll actually get a wording. Is that right? <laughs> You're to Singapore, eh? Yeah, I'm going to have Singapore. A great time. Family holiday. Yeah, beautiful. Enjoy that. It's it's a make- don't get locked up. No, no, no. It's a make-do because I went to Japan. Yeah, okay. Did you know that? I went really to Japan. Then, as a make-do, they should have been able to go away without you. I can give you the mail. Japan was cheaper than Singapore is going to be. It's an expensive place. Yeah, that's right. It's paid for. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't have to worry Beauty. about that stuff. Lovely. Uh, thanks, mate. We'll catch you again soon. Thank sure. you. Thank you, boys. Thank Enjoy you. your trip. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. It's the first time he's ever thanked us. Yeah. And I'll see you next trying week. trying to be professional because he got a guest hall, I think. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> reason. Anyone sees me at a show, don't be afraid to buy me a beer. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I say yeah. that. It doesn't work it's for me. Whole... It'll probably work for you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, every now and then it does, but just not enough. But, yeah, you know, the old veteran contract states that fans got to buy me beers. Yeah, so, no, fair whatever. enough, too. Uh, on the turbuckle, wrapped up for another week. We'll catch you again next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com.